commitment, dedication, success. Copland, Keebler, and Wallace, the most trusted name in executive search and consulting, welcomes you to the KKNW podcast, where we delve deep into the not so simple art of hospitality. And now here's your host, award-winning journalist, compelling storyteller, and video strategist, Corey Saban. And welcome to the KKNW Leadership Podcast. We hope this show is a resource for you to stay up to date on the latest trends, garner some new ideas and information to help you grow and enhance your operation. Today, we are joined by Michelle Ricklin. For over 25 years, Michelle has leveraged her skills as a human resources executive, executive recruiter, career marketing strategist, trainer, and speaker to serve individuals and companies across multiple industries. Michelle's been a speaker at numerous CMAA conferences, and most importantly, she's a trusted source to many club professionals who rely on her abilities to help them with personal career management. And I'm thrilled to have her join me today. Michelle, how are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. So, Michelle, let's dig into it. It's been a year of unease for a lot of people with COVID, and some people succeeded, some people did not, and some people will be forced to reinvent themselves. So what are some advice or some tips that you can share on how they can go about doing that in regards to their personal growth and management? Well, it's it's definitely been a challenging year, but uh, for for those who have had the um, the foresight to take advantage of, of that, uh, a lot of people have been really taking a look at you know well where where are my educational opportunities and a lot of people have taken uh, taken the taken the time to take stock of well. What, what materials do they have for their own personal career marketing and, and getting those things in order, such as you know, making sure that they have their, uh, their resume in order, their portfolio in order, their LinkedIn profile up to date, uh, working on getting all of those materials fine-tuned, and then what educational opportunities are there? Is there a certification that they can take? Are there courses online that they can take? You know, what kind of e-learning is out there? And uh, you know, just kind of filling in their their own personal toolbox and um, learning some things that uh, maybe they didn't necessarily have the time to do just just because they had more time at their computer. You know, Michelle, you have such a unique perspective. As we highlighted your background, you've leveraged your skills from human resources to recruiting to personal management. So, tell us a little bit about that unique perspective and the advantage you have when working with clients. Yeah, it's it's interesting because my uh, my my uh, entree into into Copland Keebler and, and Wallace was really a, a perfect blend of of many different things. I I started in in human resources in in the corporate world and and worked at some you know known companies such as Sony and um, and uh, John Wiley and Sons Publishing you know and some other uh, some other Fortune 500 companies such as that. And concentrated in employment, employee relations, and training and development. And uh, somewhere toward the end of the 1990s, I uh, I transitioned into consulting, uh, which was just a, a better fit for what uh, what I needed for work life balance at the time when I started having a family. And uh, I started a company where I was assisting individuals, uh, both individuals and 
uh, corporate clients and just kind of blending my skills, HR consulting, recruitment. Uh, I And then I was looking for things that really would allow me to have more time from working, working at home and found this, that there actually was an industry and, and who knew because I did not at the time of professional resume writing and that uh, it's a, it's a small industry. It's, it's grown over the years as, as people have, uh, have also been looking for, for more work-life balance, but um, professional industry of people that, that write ex- executive resumes, which is what I, I started doing. So I was writing executive resumes, uh, you know, mostly C-suite for many different industries. And eventually uh, through that, I picked up a client, the Club Management Association of America, and started working with their career services center. So I became their uh, their go-to uh, entity for uh, resumes for mostly general managers and chief operating officers. And I think uh, over the years, I, I, I worked with the, the career services center there for over eight years, um, wrote hundreds and several hundreds of, of resumes for uh, for members of the CMAA and went to their annual conference every year and got to know um, it's just so many people within the industry and learn the industry from from the members and was really just kind of hooked uh, you know, on the private club industry. And during those years when I was at conference, I always wanted to learn more and got to know different vendors and walk the floor at the expo every year. And every year I'd stop and especially talk with some of the search firms and wanted to make sure that the product that I was providing to clients kind of met the needs of, uh, of their clients as they were the same clients often and uh, started up conversations with uh, the, the partners at KKNW to make sure that I was giving them what they needed and every year we'd have a brief conversation on the floor of how we could better work together. And then one year I, I said, you know, we should really have this conversation, you know, not a brief conversation because uh, a lot of what KKNW does uh, in consulting and search all fit well into my background. And I always wanted to do more in the industry. I, I do a lot of training and I, I have a, a strong background in recruitment and wanted to really dive further into the industry and and uh, and serve it you know at a, at a much greater capacity so one year we we had that conversation uh, a more extensive conversation pre-conference and then continued it at conference and then made it happen so you know that's where I joined the team and then I brought the resume service over to them as well as, as a, a piece of what I do for them Such a tremendous service, isn't it? I mean, I I think of resumes, and as you're talking about them, there's an evolution. Gosh, I remember putting together one of my first resumes in 1993 when I graduated from college, but I'm sure they've evolved. And if you could, talk to some of the people about what makes a good resume. Share with them about active versus passive voice and the objective page, and really how long a CEO or a potential person hiring is looking at that document. Sure. So it's definitely evolved tremendously. So when I, when I think back to the, and don't want to date myself, but you know, when I look back to the days when let's say, you know, I live in the New York metropolitan area. So my, my first days of looking for a job were I put together a resume and I sit, sit down with the New York times and circle 
circle the ads and, and kind of go from there. And I that's think how you we just did dated yourself. <laughs> I did date myself, didn't I? So that's how we did it. Um, <laughs> but um, the, you know, the resume was really just more of uh, a, a quick, you know, this is what I want to do. And, and here's a, a handful of bullet points of, of, of what my what I'm capable of. And, and it's just not that anymore at all. It's a marketing tool. It's, it's a marketing piece. And uh, I, I, I always start with any client that I work with by saying, or, or any presentation that I do on, on the resume uh, is you, you have to be in that mindset. You're a product and the person reading that resume is the consumer. So the potential employer is the consumer. So it, it's a full fledged marketing tool. Uh, and when you're, you're working with somebody or you're creating the resume, whether you're doing it yourself or you're working with, with a professional resume writer, uh, you have to have that understanding that this isn't just something that you're typing up. It, it's, it's something that is strategic. Uh, it's, it's, it's marketing. And it's, it's all about um, what is the value that you offer, communicating that value in a way that compels that consumer to want to know more and ideally, um, you know, want to engage in, in having a dialogue. So what it, what it really does is it opens up the door for the interview. And it's not the tool that gets you the job, but it is the tool that gets that dialogue to happen. It's the tool that gets ideally gets you the interview, and um, you know that's really the the evolution. It's 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 a communication piece. It's a marketing tool, and it's so important. Yet sometimes often overlooked, and it's so important because people fail to realize the end game of that resume, which is you're handing it or submitting it into somebody who's also looking at possibly hundreds of these things. So you want to stand out, which is the value you provide in that marketing asset. Right. Right. And, and it's, it's definitely that that's one of the pieces that I think people really miss is that um, you don't, it, it does need to be unique. You don't want to go online and, and pick a template. Um, so when, when people are putting together a resume uh, and they say, oh, I'll, you know, I'll Google resumes and they Google resumes and they pull out a template. Well, there are you know, tens of thousands of people Googling and pulling up that exact same template. Mm. And when a recruiter is, is, um, is, taking a look at a stack of resumes and they all look the same. Well, you know, I remember back in, in the day and, and I still, it, 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 it's not green, but it, you know, some, some, sometimes a recruiter will totally preference. Sometimes a recruiter likes to print them out and sometimes they have it up on the screen, but either way, uh, when you're going through a pile, whether that's an electronic pile or a physical pile and you're sifting through that pile uh, if you've got a pile of 50, well, and they all look the same, well, it doesn't really matter if your, con you know, if your content is, is the best content. If they all look the same, well, well what's, what, what, what's that recruiter going to look at first? It's going to be, you know, the top, the top five that are on, on the pile, you know, had, um, unless something looks different and gets the attention of, of the reader. So you do want to come up with something that's going to stand out. Now, it doesn't have to be outrageous, um, but it just has to 
catch the eye. So, you know, I, I do talk a lot in my presentations about, about the packaging because, again, being in that, you know, product and consumer mindset as a product, you need to package yourself well. And, and I take that even a step further because, again, everything that you're putting together when you're presenting yourself for um, whether it's for a search or, or just presenting yourself as an industry expert or as, as a professional, um, packaging is important. So, you know, how you, how you show up is important, whether it's showing up in person or showing up on paper or showing up online. And you, you don't want to skip that packaging. So talk to me about the packaging. What does a good package look like for a general manager candidate? Well, you you want to make sure that uh, obviously that everything is nice and clean. And when I say nice and clean, it should be easy to read. Uh, one of the, one of my biggest pet peeves is when when I pick up a resume, and if I'm forced to whip out my reading glasses and you've just reminded me, you know, that I was sitting there with the New York times circling jobs. <laughs> and so, so if you've reminded me of how old I am, because I have to whip out my, 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 uh, my, my reading glasses, um, then I'm not so thrilled with you as a candidate from the start. <laughs> so, so I, so it has to be readable. Uh, it has to be, easy to navigate and there's lots of, of, of little ways to do that. You know, a, a good, a good resume is going to be a, a combination of paragraphs and, and bullets uh, so that the eye doesn't get um, fatigued. Uh, long uh, lists and lists and lists of, bull, of bullets will, will give a reader fatigue as will long blocks of text. So usually a good, a good resume will be a combination of both. Um, Anything that um, when sections are easy to follow, so things are sectioned off so that you can navigate through the resume easily. Adding a little splash of you can add you don't have to, but adding a splash of color. Sometimes I'll use graphs or. or even sometimes pictures to enhance the content. Now, when I say enhance the content, I mean if it enhances the content, I don't just throw it in there uh, just to be fancy, quote unquote, if it, because I don't like to put in anything that's going to distract. So um, adding in color or pictures or things like, or graphs or anything like that is fine as long as it's an enhancement and not a distraction. And then again, you also have to know who you're sending it to. So there are definitely, for example, clubs where uh, a resume can be much more um, creative and that would be welcome. And then there are clubs where they're going to be much more conservative and that would not be an acceptable format. So you have to know where you're writing to. So, you know, that's, and that, that's also one of the, one of the things that uh, I've enjoyed learning over the years. So, and, and one of the advantages that, that I give to my clients is, is I know when if somebody says, well, I'm applying to such and such a club, well, I'll, I'll have a good sense now of, well, this will be, this is okay for this club. Uh, this is not. That's a so tremendous value. That really mm-hmm. is understanding the industry, particularly the club industry, and you being able to cater to those people who are looking for new jobs. That's a tremendous value. So let's go the other way. Then what are search committees looking for 
in a resume that you think everyone should have. Yep. So, so that's, that's been, um, that's been a lot of fun uh, because that's been a great education over the last couple of years working with, um, working with the team because as I've been writing these resumes for general managers for so long, um, part of it has been just great confirmation of, you know, some of the things that I've been doing that are right. And then some of it's been like, Oh, that's, that's, that's a new, you know, a new thing that I've learned and, and just cool stuff, you know, that, that now I can add. Um, but I found search committees really appreciate having the information of the where from the candidate. So in other words, when, uh, when, when I write a resume for a candidate and we're talking about, let's say their current club or their or clubs that they've been at in the past, understanding the scope of the club that they've been at. So when a person just puts, let's say ABC country club, and then they say what they did there, um, the, the search committee wants to understand, well, what is ABC country club? Uh, how, uh, what, what type of club is it? Is it, you know, is, is it, is it private? Is it member owned? Is it, you know, what, what type of club is it? What are the amenities? How many members are there? What's the revenue? What's the F and B? Uh, what does that club look like? Because they want to under, have a good understanding of where the person is coming from. Mm. Um, it's also good to see, well, what's, as we put all of that information in the person's history, well, how has this person progressed? Did they start at a small club and move to a medium club and then move to a larger club? You know, what has what their career progression been? And you can't really get that if you're not providing the information of the clubs that they've been at. So I always include statistical information about the clubs uh, within the resume and the amenities and the, the type of club that, that, that the club is. Um, I also hyperlink to the club so I give the URL of the website because uh, a lot of people are looking at these resumes electroni- electronically. So if they want to see, okay, this person worked at ABC Club for five years, well, I want to know a little bit more about ABC Club, they can just click on it instead of, you know, make it easy for them. Um, keeping in mind, well, who are on our search committees? A lot of the people that are on the search committees, they're, they're volunteers and they're, they're generally busy executives that are volunteering. So let's, when, how, how do we make, how do we make these people happy? Don't waste their time. Make things easy for them. You know, that makes, that makes them happy. <laughs> so, so let's just make, let's just spoon feed them, get, give them the information. So it's quick and at their fingertips. So we hyperlink, give them the information. Um, that's why I always hyperlink their link, uh, candidates LinkedIn profile. Um, of course, making sure that they have completed their profile and that it's in good shape, but they're going to look them up. So why make them go digging for to, to find the person online? Let's just make it easy for them and put it right there. That's a great approach. Um, would you say that's applicable to pretty much every industry within the club uh, world, like GM, F&B, whatever it may be? I think so, uh, but I but I have to emphasize that the that that everybody need that before you're going to do that, you need to make sure that whatever you're linking to is in good shape. So I, I wouldn't say put your LinkedIn URL up there if your LinkedIn is in bad shape. Um, make I, I I'd say make sure your LinkedIn is in good shape, and then do your then make sure that 
you put it on your resume. And before we get to LinkedIn, because I have several questions about that, um, tell me about the importance of outside skills in organizations that often people list on resumes. What value do those play? Now, when you say outside skills, meaning... Groups you might belong to, charities that you're involved with, things along those lines. It, it really does depend on, on what, I mean, certainly any kind of industry organizations that you're involved in are, are certainly applicable. Uh, obviously, the, the um, well, the obvious ones, the Club Management Association or for the, I, I do a lot of controllers and chief financial officers as well. I do a lot of search for in that, in that arena. And I write, I do also write a lot of finance resumes. So the um, HFTP or um, any of the, um, any of the associations for, uh, you know, grounds and superintendents or any of those associations, you certainly want all of those on there. Uh, but as far as, let's say personal associations, you just want to be careful about those um, if they're applicable uh, and whether or not, you know, there's still, you, you just have to, you just have to be careful. Uh, you don't, you don't want too much, too much activity on there. So if you, if, if, if you've got listed on there that, you know, you're the, um, you're the, the coach for like 11 different, you know, junior, you, you know, your, your son's, or, or daughter's soccer and tennis and this and that and this and that. And, you know, you've got like 15 different things. And the question is, of course, well, where do you have time? Uh, you know, so I, I'm always hesitant about how much personal information you give away. Um, I'm still from old school of uh, only, only what's applicable to the job and try as much to stay away from, um, you know, from religious organizations and or um, political organizations. Well, I want to take a quick break, but when we come back from the break on the other side, I want to talk more about LinkedIn because so many general managers I talk to struggle with LinkedIn, and I want to chat with you about what makes a good LinkedIn headline and profile. But first, these messages. The, th the three founding sure. alliance firms, Copling, Keebler, and Wallace, McMahon Group, and Club Benchmarking are independent entities working together for the common good of the industry, serving clubs in all aspects of strategic planning, operations, finances, human capital, and facilities. The CLA's core values serve as a framework for the proven best practices that create relevant and enduring clubs. Informed leadership, strategic stewardship, empowered management and team, compelling member experience. Learn more at www.clubleadershipalliance.com. Maximize your return on investment by utilizing the expertise of the Copling, Keebler, and Wallace team. They have an unparalleled over 400 combined years of club and hospitality management experience to invest in your operation. They are not just another search firm. They are your trusted partners and advisors dedicated to ensuring your success. Quality isn't expensive, it's priceless. Copland, Keebler & Wallace has proudly supported the mission of Tee It Up for the Troops since it was founded in 2005. Private golf clubs across the country can support America's veterans through the mission of Tee It Up for the Troops in many different ways, including hosting a fundraising event, encouraging member sponsorship, and by donating a foursome for their auctions. We encourage you to learn more about how you can support their efforts by going to teeitupforthetroops.org. 
Okay, and welcome back. We're talking with Michelle Ricklin from Copland, Keebler, and Wallace. Michelle is great and can help you uh, with your personal branding and helping you get your message out in a reliable, confident way. And she does it in so many ways, from resumes to helping you put your best foot forward with understanding what the industry is looking for, but also can help you with LinkedIn. And why LinkedIn? Because it is such a valuable tool, yet so many general managers I talk to, Michelle, don't use it or they're just voyeuristic and just watch what other people write. And I'm always of the belief that if you're not saying anything, you don't exist. Well, first and foremost, <laughs> what are your thoughts on the headline? And then let's get into the body of your LinkedIn profile as well as the value of endorsements. Absolutely. So to start, I think, I think that there are still a lot of uh, a lot of people out there, and a lot of general managers managers that I do speak with that still believe that well, LinkedIn is for those that are looking for jobs, and that's just not it. Uh, LinkedIn is it's one of your marketing tools, but it's not just a, it's one of your career marketing tools, but it's not just marketing you for for career movement. It is it's for career development. It's for uh, being seen in the industry as the, uh, you know, as a thought leader. It's for, um, it's, it's just for having a platform where you can, where you can showcase what you're doing and, and your skills. And it's, if you're, it's, if you're not on LinkedIn, it's, it's as if you don't exist in the professional world. And I can tell you from a search perspective, the absolute first thing that, that we do is we look people up on LinkedIn. Uh, so if you, are, if you are in search, certainly, it, it, if you are in search mode, rather, if you're not on LinkedIn, you don't exist. It's, it's, uh, it also says something about um, talk about being dated. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, it, it's definitely a detriment because, uh, a, um, a club, let's say that is, uh, that is in, in search of a, a general manager, you know, particularly today with, uh, so many, so many, uh, clubs using so, social media and online platforms and they, they want to know that their general manager is, is with the times. So not having a LinkedIn profile is, is really just not, um, not advisable at all. And how often and should these GMs post to LinkedIn? And what should they post is often what I'm asked. You know, I, I don't have an exact how often should you be posting. And, and that really, really does depend on, well, there's a couple of things. It depends on what club you're. It certainly does depend on what club you're at. So there are there there are certainly clubs that are that are going to be much more private and are not going to be using any form of social media and, and certainly don't want any any social media posts uh, regarding the club. But the general manager can be a voice as an industry expert. And it doesn't necessarily have to be tied to the club, and and that's one of the things that I uh, that and I, I I might get some pushback on this, but on the header, what what LinkedIn does with the, with their header because you mentioned the header to start is it automatically defaults 
you to your current title. And the header is really not intended to be your your current title. It's supposed to be who you are, not not where you are. So, for example, it may say general manager at ABC Club. But you can change that. It can be general manager, private country club, and then it can say more about who you are and what you do. So you don't have to leave it at that default. Now, your club may want you to have it as general manager at that club, and that's perfectly fine. But, uh, but it doesn't have to stay that way. It, you, it can be changed so that it is, is more of a describer of, of you as the person. Um, but even if you're not using it, and some clubs will want their GMs to, to use their LinkedIn to you know, co-brand the club uh, with and, and to use that platform. But to use it as the platform where they can talk about uh, industry trends where they can show that they're an expert in the industry. They can comment on other people's work. So I see that constantly. Uh, different different um, professionals in the industry remarking on what other people are doing. It's a great place just even even just to get industry support, to get industry ideas. I see that all the time, you know. So one club did, uh, did something or they did an event and then all of a sudden um, another, you know, another club will say, oh, you know, that's, that's great. Does anybody have, I have an idea on this or, you know, and other people give feedback. Uh, that's, that's really how you kind of get yourself out there. And even when I'm doing recruiting, like I'm watching some of these feeds and I'm saying, oh, you know, this person has like, let's say, um, there's, there's, no, without saying names, there's an assistant general manager that I watch all the time who puts out some really great stuff about stuff that's going on at that, uh, at her club. And I love watching what she puts out. And she's in my mind as somebody, this is somebody who's up and coming. Like this, this is somebody that at some point when, when I think the timing is right and I see an opening, I'm going, I'll reach out to because I, I think that she's she's top of mind. So it's a great way to get on people's radar. That really is a great point of using it to stay top of mind and brings us back to the resume. So why is the time to create the resume is when you're not looking for a job? Because I I can't tell you how many times I'll get that 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 urgent phone call of I I just got a a phone call about a job and I need a resume yesterday mm. and it just doesn't it just doesn't work that way I mean I can I can give you a resume you know tomorrow but it's it's really it's not going to be good <laughs> bottom line it's just not because that would be just me typing stuff up for you and I'm not a typist I mean I can type but that's <laughs> 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 not what I do. <laughs> Um, yeah, but, but it's, that's, that's, that's not what it, that's not what it is. Um, it takes time. I mean, I generally spend a good, you know, 10 to 14 days on a resume. Oh, wow. Uh, Yeah, I, I do. I assume Um, there's a lot of rough drafts. There's, um, well, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of work that goes into it. So I, so, you know, my process generally is I gather, I gather in, in information 
from, from the client. And then it's, and then I gather my own information. I do a lot of my own, my own research and try and find, you know, little nuggets of, of things that I think might be unique. And, um, I, I try to make sure, uh, you know, obviously writing several hundred, uh, trying to make, trying to make every, everybody have their, have, have their own unique touch to them. Uh, it, it, it definitely takes, takes some time. So, um, obviously if somebody says, look, you know, I've got something coming up in a week and a half and I'll do my best to, to expedite, but I, I do tell people this isn't something that I do overnight. It's not something I do in three days. It's, uh, it's, it's something that it's a process and, and I, it deserves its, its due diligence. So when somebody calls up and says that they need a resume, uh, I don't, I don't ever want somebody to be in a position where they have to turn around and say to somebody, listen, um, somebody asked me for their resume and then they have to turn around and say, okay, oh great. I'll get you my resume in two weeks. Mm. It should always be on hand or at least in a situation I've certainly had this and I have lots and lots of, of people that I've been, I, you know, I, I have clients that I've worked with now for and, and redone their resume or updated their resume now, you know, several times over the last 10, 10 to 12 years. But um, I don't, it's, it's fine if they say, listen, I just need to tweak it. I, you know, I have something coming up or I need to hand it in in a couple of days and it's a quick fix. That's, that's no, that's no issue. But, when somebody comes and says, I need a resume tomorrow, it's just not going to happen. So I don't ever want somebody to be in a position where they're in that spot and it's more than a quick fix. It should just always be ready and something that we can easily just fine tune and send off. So that, that resume should always be pretty much ready to go with, with just, you know, a little bit of a tweak. And, and it's the same thing with the LinkedIn. And the LinkedIn should be should be ready and should look good, so that because people are looking. So when somebody is searching for a general manager, uh, you want to make sure that you show up, and you want to make sure that it's uh, you know search search op, uh, optimized proper properly rather, so that you're you're one of the ones that are being sh- uh, that are being presented when when a person is searching. Yeah, it's incredible, valuable, a uh, great amount of value with SEO and where you rank when people are searching. Um, so I'm sure you planted a lot of seeds with our audience. And right now they're like, Corey, just tell us, what's the process to work with Michelle? So let me ask you, Michelle, what's the process to work with you if people are listening and they're interested? Yeah, absolutely. So we and we do uh, we do have certain, um, you know, certain uh Negotiated rates for uh, for for certain uh, stumbling here for for certain members. Uh, you know, depending on what associations people belong to, we've got some some nice negotiated rates for CMAA members, and we've been, we've done some nice um, PGA member uh, specials as well during COVID. And, and pretty much, you know, we'll work we'll we'll work with people. We've been we've been really trying to bend over backwards, particularly during during this time with, uh, with the pandemic and, and helping people, uh, you know, kind of get themselves ready for, for, the, for next year and when things are starting to open up. But um, on our site, on the Copland and Keebler, uh, Copland, Keebler and Wallace site, we have a career 
career service resource page and there's resume services and um, you just either can email me or you go to the services page and we have several different packages. Um, the way that I work, I try and make it somewhat painless. Um, <laughs> we, we start off, you know, we have a, we have a conversation about what the person is, is looking to accomplish. Um, we do the resumes, we do resume alone or resume with LinkedIn, or we do resume with LinkedIn and or, um, branded cover letters or we provide samples if, if that's not something, if they don't want a branded cover letter, you know, there's all sorts of different packages. And once they've done their homework, then they give that to me and I review it. And if I have what I need, I get started. And then I come back with drafts. And usually when they get their drafts back, it's about 97 to 98% complete. And then we review, we, we discuss, we fine tune, we, and then, you know, they're pretty much ready to go. So, you know, start to finish, as long as everybody's, uh, you know, getting their stuff in on time, it's generally a two to three week process. Very nice. Very nice. You know, you mentioned the cover yeah. letter and that's something I neglected. How important is that in this day and age? Are people actually it's, taking the time to read it or is it still a valuable opportunity to highlight your strengths and give a quick overview of what's on the resume? Well, if you go through a search with Copland, Kubler, and Wallace, we require it. Uh, it it's a targeted cover letter. We, we want a, a cover letter that's written to, uh, you know, depending on what, who and what the search is, it'll be either to the search committee or to the general manager, you know, depending on uh, what the position is. Uh, so it, it is required, and, and it, it should be thoughtful, and it should address the, the points of the position and the club specifically and uh, and the location and why why it's a good fit for that person and their their family and their circumstances and, and the value that they can bring to that specific club. Uh, but if a person is sending out their resume independently and, and not through us or not through another search firm, uh, apps, it is very important because it's it's an opportunity to make those specific points uh, because your resume is is going to be more general and a, a cover letter gives you that opportunity to be much more specific about the value that you can add to that club and, and why, um, why you fit directly into their job description. Uh, it's also just really poor etiquette not to send a cover letter. So, so the other question is, do people read cover letters? Um, I can say that uh, not everyone does, um, but you have to send one. <laughs> so you don't want to assume that it's not going to be read. Oh, it's very valuable information. I think uh, so often those etiquette tools get lost on different generations. So it's important to share that. Um, Michelle, it does, and 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 just um, no, that's okay. And just to to follow up on on etiquette, just as important as that cover letter. If you've had that, if you've had an interview, you want to send a thank you, handwritten if you can. And I always love the handwritten thank you. Well, you know who does that the best, don't you, Mister Dick Copland? That would be Dick Copland. 
<laughs> I love when I get something in the mail from Dick Coplin and it comes with a little note and I'm, or it's a present, a book or whatever it is. And you get all the warm and fuzzies that come along with it. 100%. And it's the best feeling. And that's something I've always done throughout my career. It's uh, it's a wonderful piece of advice, the handwritten note, because in this day and age, for those of you who don't know, it's easy to write an email, but to take the time to write legibly and put a stamp on something and mail it. The person on the other end really feels warm and fuzzy. Like Michelle said, yeah. um, Michelle, this is a leadership podcast and we like to end each segment with a reflection or a question to each special guest on leadership. And my question for you is to dig deep and ask yourself what advice you would give yourself looking back on a challenging time. Ah, looking back on a challenging time. I would say I and I'm got I would say that I think one of the most important skills that any leader can have is just the ability and I hate this word in the middle of COVID, but it's, but it just, it, it, it is the only word, it's just the ability to pivot. Mm. And we a lot, so many people learned it this year and so many unfortunately didn't. Um, but it's something that in my own career has been so important that it's, it's been a constant in, in, in what I've done and just w wanting to make things fit. My, my career has been a constant trying to make things fit to what was best for me and for my family um, from leaving corporate to going into consulting and then going into consulting. And then of course, when you're a consultant, um, you know, the landscape will change depending on economics and having gone through, you know, 2008 and then going through, you know, when, and be, and, and always having something, um, you know, always having the ability to shift and to pull upon different skills as needed and not keep yourself just in one bucket. It's great advice. It really is. Uh, highlight your value, uh, what makes you unique, and then, you know, cater to it, if you will. Michelle Ricklin, thank you for your valuable insight, and thank you to everyone for tuning into this edition of the KKNW podcast. To learn more about Michelle, as well as Copland, Keebler, and Wallace, and how their team can help your organization, please visit www.coplandandkeebler.com with the N spelled out. Until next time, I'm Corey Sabin from VideoBolt.com. Have a wonderful day.